Hi, I'm Melody. And I'm Candy. And you're listening to Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises. We are excited to have Pastor Benjamin Webb, my son-in-law, from Crestwood Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, to talk about sabbaticals and their importance for pastors. Last week on Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises, we had part one of the conversation. And so today we continue on with more thoughts, more ideas, and more ways to prepare for your church to give your pastor a sabbatical and the benefits, the good benefits that come from doing just that. So if I would say this statement, the sabbatical is not just for the pastor, the sabbatical is also for the church. Is that true or not true? I would say that's 100% accurate. Look at the pastor. The pastor is God's under shepherd and the pastor's role is to feed the sheep. Okay. I think we would all agree with that. Well, the pastor cannot feed the sheep if he's never taking time to eat himself. So my work for God is not near as important as my walk with God. Mm. I think we would all agree with that. Mm -hmm. Primarily my walk with God, my work for God is the overflow of my walk with God. Now, that being said, I need to be walking with God every day so that I can be an effective minister. But there also need to be seasons in our life where we're able to step away and examine our lives and refresh and renew. It's just like a marriage. You need time weekends away or time away where you just kind of get to know each other again. Well, a pastor needs time away where he can reacquaint himself with God and refresh himself in the word. So I would say that the sabbatical is just as much about the church as it is the pastor because we're dealing with eternal things here. We're dealing with eternal souls and there is heaven, there is hell and these eternal things really matter. So I want my pastor to be spiritually, mentally, physically well enough personally to be able to deal with those things and communicate those things. So a sabbatical is just as much about the church as it is the pastor because it's literally, the pastor is like a a water can that waters the plants. But if he gets empty, he can't water the plants. Mm -hmm. So if, if you let your pastor run dry, run ragged and run dry, then he's not actually going to be serving you and helping you in the way he's called to do. So actually you're serving yourself. The church is serving itself by granting the pastor a period of time away to refresh, to replenish, to fill his own jug back up so then he can go back and pour out for five or six more years. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the church that says, you know, this all sounds great, but we can't afford for our pastor to go. Now, at our church, God has blessed us abundantly with quite a few pastors within our congregation that were able to, you know, fill in for Ben while he was gone. But for that church that doesn't have that or even the funds, what would Mm. you say to that? Well, I would say, yes, we're blessed. I have five or six guys that I'm very confident in. If I'm out, can step in and do well, shepherd, preach to all those things. We're not a big church by any means. We've just been blessed in that way. But I grew up in a church, you know, on our Wednesday nights, there might be 10 or 15 people. On Sunday morning, average was 30s. And so I know that struggle. We don't have the money to do that because again, a sabbatical is not just telling the pastor, hey, you got a few weeks off, but don't expect to get paid. Mm. <laughs> a sabbatical is actually a paid period off. Yeah. So to the church that's small and, and maybe can't grant that, I would say if you want to make it happen, you can make it happen. And so not everybody has to to get a sabbatical doesn't have to be a set amount of time. I chose to take six weeks because I felt like that was the time where our church was at the time. I felt like I could be away for six weeks without any major problems or or setbacks. A sabbatical can be a summer. A sabbatical can be several months. A sabbatical can be a few weeks. You set the time of the sabbatical. So even a small church who maybe doesn't have a lot of funds, if you've got 20 or 30 people, surely between 20 or 30 people, you could come up with a few hundred dollars to pay someone else 
<laughs> to fill the pulpit <laughs> for three or four Sundays so <laughs> your pastor can be off. Um, I think a lot of pastors, if a church is you know, 30 or 40 people, that, that church probably has a bivocational pastor. So he probably can't take several weeks off work. But you can still give him a sabbatical in that, think about it this way, he then has five or six weeks where his mind is not constantly consumed mm-hmm. with preparing for Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so even if he still has to work a secular uh, job, he still has some relief, some time to refresh his own soul, some time to visit other churches and be poured into. Mollus Church could probably come up with one to two hundred dollars for every week the pastor's out to have a visiting preacher come in and fill the pulpit for Sunday or for Sunday and Wednesday while he's out. Again, we're only talking about five hundred to a thousand dollars if we're talking about a month period to give your pastor that. I think most of us could come up with that out of our pockets if we were just willing to make the sacrifice because we love the pastor and we saw the benefit it could have for the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Absence does make the heart grow fonder. Our church, even though we love the pastors within our church, they did a fabulous job while Ben was gone, but we couldn't wait to get him back. So uh, it's it's kind of an excitement almost for the church to get your pastor back in. There's like a renewal almost mm-hmm. that you want to get started again with just doing what we do best, which is yeah. trying to reach people for Jesus. And, so. and you could feel that in the church. Oh, when absolutely. Back, you could feel the excitement, mm-hmm. the, the renewal. So the renewal wasn't just in me. The renewal was mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. So for the pastor who really knows within his heart, I really need this. I really need this time away. I'm kind of afraid to say something about it. I don't even know how to go about planning it or talking about it. What would advice would you give to that pastor? I would say one thing is reach out to someone who has done a sabbatical. Let them walk you through the process that, that they went through. Again, I was blessed because the church offered it to me. I never had to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed in that way. And I'm not no, not everybody has that same blessing. And I will say I was in that meeting, mm-hmm. but you were not there yet, but we did discuss it and it was 100% on board that that was a good thing. It is a hard issue to approach. I don't even know that it would be so wrong. I don't think this is manipulative. I think you could be honest about it. I don't know that it would even be so wrong to have someone else come in and teach your church mm-hmm. about sabbatical and its importance. Again, if you're straightforward about it and say, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, you're not trying to manipulate them. You're just trying to educate them because, again, to most people, it's a foreign idea. It's a foreign idea to just give the pastor extra time off uh, where he can, you know, again, he's not just going away. He's not just going off to go on vacation. He's going away to replenish himself spiritually and physically, though. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that statistic, 71 percent of churches have no plan at all to ever give their pastor a sabbatical. That is a huge number. When you think about tired, worn out, weary pastors, it's kind of a scary thing. Yeah, you know, I talked to a pastor recently who told me that he's no longer at his church and he told me if he could have just had a sabbatical he would still be there and would mm-hmm. still he had been there for years but he said he could have been there for years more if the church would have just let him have a little time off yeah. to to refresh to renew himself so, so I think it's so important not just to the church but to the pastor and it's not a selfish thing to ask for again it's benefiting the church you going away to spend time with God to refresh one of the things about pastoring is a lot of times you do not have time to just sit down and think in the quietness in the silence and let God speak and you need that time to get away to hear God's voice so that you can shepherd the church well. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, even if you can't get
get a sabbatical, you need to figure out and find times where you can just sit alone in the silence and let God speak to you. Mm. If you're not doing that, you're not going to be as effective of a pastor as you want to be. I would like to say that there's this question, well, my church or this idea, well, my church couldn't survive or it can come from the pastor or the church. The church can't survive that long without the pastor. And I would say to that, I'd, I'd say I would be very cautious of that mentality because the church belongs to God. Mm. not the pastor. And God will care for his church. Now, if your church is in an unhealthy position and your church has some strife or some things going on, it might not be the right time right. to take a sabbatical. The this, sheep, there's some discernment yes. that needs to yes, happen there. There are times the sheep need the shepherd there. There's no question about that. But on the flip side of that, if your mentality is, well, my church can't survive if I walk away, then you've really got a wrong, completely wrong view of the church. The church belongs to God. God builds his church. God sustains his church with or without my help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so the church can be just fine without you because God will take care of his people. It's really pride to say yeah. that I have to stay, that it can't survive without me. That's actually just pride. Mm-hmm. And we think it's godliness because I'm trying to do the role that God's given me. In actuality, it's pride saying the church cannot survive without me. Yeah, I think this is a wonderful conversation to have. It's a good topic to bring up. I hope that through this, that there will be some churches, members of churches even, to go to their leadership and talk about it or go to their pastor and ask, is this something that you would like to do? And if so, let's start yeah. making a plan to make it happen. And you do need to plan well in advance. It's not something you just get up and announce one Sunday, I'm going to be gone for the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. You need to plan. There needs to be a plan in place. One thing we did at the church is we really worked hard in the months leading up to it to make sure everything was in place. Mm-hmm. The people knew when the Sunday that I preached my last sermon for six weeks, the people knew that when I finished that Sunday, I would not even, they wouldn't even be able to reach me. Now, not as friends, but as far as church-related things, the people knew that they were to take things to their deacons. They were to take things mm-hmm. to the church leadership. And outside of maybe some select funerals, we set very clear parameters and guidelines on what I would come back for mm-hmm. and what I wouldn't come back for. Because there, there were some things that if, if the church had had an emergency, I would have cut my sabbatical short and come back, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. If certain people in the church had passed away or gone through some emergency, I would come back. But we did set very clear parameters on this is what I will come back for and this is what I will not. And I'll have to say, the church did so well and not through that whole period. No one reached out to me to ask me to do anything. People only reached out to me to tell me they love me and they miss me and to encourage me not to ask anything from me. <laughs> I think Ben was like, wait a minute. Everybody, does nobody need me anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you were very honest. I remember a Wednesday night service where you I say bluntly, but kindly let our church know this is what I need this is what I need from you. This is what I can do. I mean, it was all so laid out so well. The staff knew what they were supposed to be in charge of while you were gone. I mean, it was just orchestrated beautifully. And I think that is key to mm-hmm. making that be uh, successful. I would also encourage if you are a pastor getting ready to take sabbatical or you're a church whose pastor is going to take sabbatical. Yes, you need to prepare functionally. You need to prepare logistically who's preaching while he's gone. Who is going to be, quote unquote, in charge mm-hmm. while he's going. You know, all those questions need to be answered. But one of the things that God blessed us with, and it wasn't, I don't think it was my wisdom. I think the Lord just allowed us to see this and do this. One of the things that helped our church so much is we didn't just prepare our church logistically. We prepared the church spiritually.
spiritually. So before I took sabbatical, there were two or three issues that the pastor needed to deal with that I made sure were dealt with before I walked away Mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't raise up and and become a problem while I was gone. Also, we started a prayer initiative. A couple weeks before I left, we started a prayer initiative. We called it seven by seven. And, you know, not that that's spiritual. It was just to remind people every day, seven days a week, we're asking the people to pray for seven minutes for the spiritual health of the church and for the church's unity and for the church's vision. So what that did, even while I was gone, every day of the week, there was a group of people that every day of the week were praying for seven minutes for God's protection, for God's work, for God's will. And what that did, even without the shepherd there, it kept the sheep in unison and it kept the sheep loving each other. It kept the sheep excited. The people didn't get lethargic while I was gone. In fact, Mm -hmm. when I came back, we hit the ground running Mm -hmm. because the people were not just physically prepared for my absence. They were spiritually prepared for it. And I would even say that time of that six weeks of my absence, actually the church came out spiritually stronger on the other side because of those Mm -hmm. seven days a week, seven minutes a day, praying for the same thing every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I told you that, that I I would leave my driveway and Mm -hmm. coming into work, that was my time because that's Mm -hmm. the only time I'm ever alone, it seems like, (laughs) in my car. Uh, And we started a women's prayer group that met like 30 minutes before service on Wednesday nights Mm -hmm. that started. It was a small group of women, but it was for protection. It was for Ben while he was away. And and I believe made an absolutely huge difference in just the whole process of how the sabbatical was pre-planned during the sabbatical. And then when we came back, that prayer made all the difference in the world. But doesn't it always? I think Ben has got this gift. I don't know if this has ever been told to you as a gift necessarily. It's not something you hear very often, but the gift of preparation. This man will prepare for everything in a, and doesn't rush ever, seeks God, prays through it. Just, I don't know if that's even a spiritual gift. Well, I, don't I don't think it is, but the gift of preparation is key. I think I learned that from other people, and, I, and sometimes I learned it from other people's mistakes. Rarely in ministry are there things that have to be done right now. Sometimes there that's, are. That is so true. Sometimes there are, but I think especially young pastors, one of the impatience. Yeah. One of the great mistakes young pastors make is thinking the church has to be changed by next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and change doesn't take place that quickly or that easily. And if you're shepherding, see, God's called us to be shepherds. Shepherds lead the sheep. They don't drive the sheep. <laughs> and so uh, one of the things that will so help in ministry and in preparation for sabbatical is a gentle leading. This is what to expect. This is what to prepare for. Talk about those things all over and over so that by the time you get to the place you're actually taking the sabbatical, it's just a normal part of the language of your church. Everybody understands what a sabbatical is. Everybody knows why is the pastor doing it. And if anybody does come up with questions, the leadership can answer that. The common person in the church can explain why he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And that protects the unity. So I don't think I'm uniquely gifted in that. I just think we're not patient enough most of the time. People need patience. People, according to God, God's people are sheep and sheep need to be led, not driven. Mm-hmm. And so and people need the chance to ask questions. Right. It's, it's okay to ask, well, why do you need a sabbatical? Oh, why? Yeah. That is healthy and good. Mm-hmm. And so we do things called town halls where when we're getting ready to make some bigger decisions, you have some town halls and you discuss and let people come in and ask questions. And you can never go wrong if you give people a voice because you can't ever go back and say, well, I didn't get to weigh my opinion in on this. Yeah, you had a chance. You just didn't show up that night. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so all those things, all these things, 
I think are so good to talk about. Maybe this is a starting point. I hope that through this, there are some pastors that are going to get their first sabbatical. There are also some other resources. Our good friend Andy Bowersox, founder of Energized Ministries, wonderful organization that really strives to help pastors get some downtime and uh, and just have a sabbatical time, so to speak, whether if it's a week or a weekend mm-hmm. or like Ben's was, you know, six weeks long. And then when you came back, you had a big chicken stew and got presents. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wonderful. So, I was missed. It was all good. So thank you for talking about this because I'm kind of passionate mm-hmm. about it. Uh, again, being on church staff and seeing what pastors do, their hearts. To me, I think the hardest job in the world is being a pastor. Mm. I think the second hardest job is being a pastor's wife. I yeah. agree. Uh, so pray for your pastor. Love on your pastor and his wife. Have the conversation. If yeah. nothing else, with your leadership at your church, have the conversation about giving your pastor a sabbatical. You will be better off for it. Your church will be better off for it. And most definitely, your pastor will. Thanks for listening to the Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises podcast with Candy and Melody. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast. You can learn more at joyfm.org. Try Peas and Carrots podcast for more encouragement. Brian and Kayla share life from their piece of the vegetable patch. Expect a laugh, find common ground, and hear stories you can't wait to share. It's a podcast about doing life together, growing in Christ together, and learning to laugh no matter what comes your way. Search Peas and Carrots podcast wherever you listen to podcasts today. Get quick encouragement on the go with your encouraging five-minute podcast. It's a weekly dose of encouragement to start your week off right. Search your encouraging five-minute podcast today. Navigating life as a mom or a dad in a blended family can be a real challenge. But working together with God's help, there are strategies that work and ideas to cope. Blended is a podcast hosted by dad and pastor, Derek Withrow, designed as real help for the 40% of families with kids from a previous marriage. Make it your next download on Apple, Google, or wherever you listen.